0: Hi, sisters. I'm so glad to be with you again. We are going through our Philippians series, and we have found ourselves in Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 11, where we're going to really talk about contentment. Have you found yourself not being content in all things but when you read the scriptures we're called to be content in all things and you think that maybe this is somehow an elusive ability that just the apostle had or just people that are super spiritual can somehow achieve well i hope this message brings you comfort as paul said he learned how to be content in all things. And so we are going to look at three ways that you and I can learn to be content. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself, and it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written? Sisters just like you who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth, God is righteous, he's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions like, can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you wanna go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm super excited. We left off kind of like a teaser last time because we said we're going to wait to talk about contentment next time. And I'll tell you, contentment is one of those things where you know we're all wanting to achieve that contentment that Paul talked about like no matter how he found himself he says i am content i'm content when i'm shipwrecked i'm content when i'm in prison i'm content when i'm out you know planting churches and i'm content when i've got lots of food to feast on and i'm content when i'm starving and we all think we we read those things within the word and we almost feel like it's um like elusive, like we'll never achieve that, right? We're never going to achieve that contentment for some reason. So we just think it's something we read about. I think we can sometimes think that way with peace and joy and and some of these other things that are promised to us that we can have if we devote ourselves to the word of God and to a, a true Christian walk. And I know for myself, contentment has not, always been there for me. And even in my Christian walk, especially in my Christian walk. And so I do love as we're going to delve back into Philippians chapter four here, and we're going to start basically in verse 11, we kind of touched last time on verse 10 about him talking about the fact that you know, the Philippian church loved Paul so much and they wanted to help him. And when he was um, for his ministry uh, excursions and wanted to offer money, but there was a time when they just didn't have anything to give because they were one of the churches in Macedonia and they were just absolutely impoverished. And so, and he knew that they're that they didn't lack joy and they definitely didn't lack a desire to help him build the kingdom of God. And that, should be our heart. And so we can talk about that. We'll talk about that um, later, but because today I really want to talk about contentment with you. So let's go right into verse 11 as he's talking about this, that, you know, you didn't have opportunity, but I know that you guys had a heart towards me. He says, listen, not that I speak in regard to need for, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I love this so much, but I can tell you that through the years, I could not relate to this. Like, I just didn't know how he was so content being imprisoned. You know, figure he was in prison when he wrote this letter. He was on house arrest, living um, literally chained to another soldier uh, 24 hours a day. So like soldiers would take shift and the shifts and they'd be chained to Paul. And so here's Paul in this prison being, you know, chained to house arrest, not able to go anywhere, not able to do anything. He didn't have his basic, all of his basic needs and, and things that we would think of. Like he didn't have, you know, the steak dinners and, you know, being able to go out and be with friends or um, go and have, Worship on Sundays with his family, and and worship the Lord, and taking communion cup, taking a part of the communion, all the things that we do take for granted, and that you can definitely take for granted when all those things are taken from you. But he says, nevertheless, he was completely content. But what I love about this is that he learned to be content. It didn't just come naturally. It wasn't part of just I became born again. Suddenly, I have the gift of contentment. Like he had to learn it. He had to go through those valleys and go through those mountaintops in er order to learn that Christ is truly all that he needs. And we are not, uh, for me, for often much of my walk, I was not at that place. I felt like I still needed all these other things and that, yes, I loved Christ, but was he really my all in all. I mean, we sing that song. You are my all in all. You are my everything. We sing these songs on Sunday, but is he really like if every, if you are stripped of everything, I'm not saying it won't hurt. I'm not saying we don't grieve. I'm not saying that we won't have a human emotions around it. But are you content whatever season you find yourself in, whatever season the Lord has you in, do we find that contentment with it? And so I came up with, because I was praying about this and I was like, Lord, how did I learn to become content? Like what, what transpired in my life where I can finally say like, I am content. And I thought of three things, and of course, there's probably a lot of things, but three things that really came to my mind for me as part of my transformation is one, I learned who God was, you know, and I believe that that's what happened with Paul. He learned who his God really was, the depths of his God, the attributes of his God through the study of the scriptures and spending time with the Lord. He learned Who he was. And that will bring such comfort and such contentment because we fall deeply in love with God when we find ourselves learning that he is a God of love, that he is love, and that he is peace, and he is joy, and he is kind, and he is generous, and he is faithful. To know that our God is faithful, like he is faithful even when we're not. And there are so many times in my life and in my walk where I am not faithful to him, you know, where I backslide or do something I shouldn't do or say something that I knew whatever, or should do something, but I choose Babylon instead, or I choose, you know, a distraction instead. And yet he remains faithful to me and that faithfulness we could do a whole teaching just on God's faithfulness in our lives. But when I learned who he was. When I started studying the scriptures for myself, when I really started delving into the attributes of God and learning who he is, that's when my life started to really change. That's when the transformation started to really come for me. Um, I believe disciple. That's why I believe in discipleship so much. I believe that, you know, we need one another to help sharpen each other's iron, iron sharpens iron. We need each other to help coin each other to the word of God, teach each other the word, um, hold each other accountable to the word. It's so important. One of the studies that I did because of this because I want to, because studying God's attributes and studying who Jesus is and studying more about just what it means to be a Christian like what is all this Christian language what really happened for me when I became born again and what what was afforded to me at the cross which is actually number two I said number two is that I really appreciate I'm really grateful and I'm really thankful for my salvation for what Christ really did for me at the cross and what all is afforded to me because of that. So I actually wrote a study guide called equipping the saints. I have a book on Amazon called equipping the saints, and it literally takes you through the attributes of God and who is Jesus and what it, what, what does it mean that we're saved? Like, What's that, what does that what is that for us like positionally and and what does it mean to be reconciled? What does it mean to be redeemed? What does it mean to be justified? And it takes you through all the scriptures that talk about not every single solitary scripture, but many of the scriptures that the whole study guide is nothing but scriptures. It's not my opinion. It's not me putting my my theology, if you will, in there. It's literally just basic orthodox Christianity And it's called equipping the saints. And I'll leave a link in the show notes. I don't typically talk about it because I'm actually doing a course with it right now, where I'm teaching it through video, but I highly recommend it. The reason why I wrote it all those years ago is because I was discipling people and the new people would come in and I would want them to learn this right away because it is what changed my life. When I realized, what does it mean that God is love? What does it mean that God is just and how does that apply to me? learning those things from the scriptures transform my life. So between that and then learning who I am in Christ, I am so grateful and thankful for my salvation that at the end of the day, no matter what season I find myself in, whether I'm abounding or I'm a based, you know, whether I'm hungry or full, whether I have more than enough or not enough in my own mind, I'm content because I'm in the palm of God's hands where nothing and no one can snatch me out. Like Paul wanted to remind the people here where disunity was threatening this church. Remember he said, rejoice, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Let nothing take your peace. Let nothing take your joy. Let nothing take your contentment because at the end of the day, you are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then number three, I wrote, living an intentional Christian life or living with intention and what does that look like being intentional in my prayer life every day being intentional to actually worship God to thank him to to declare his name and all the earth to just to just not only worship him with my lips not only worship him to song we've talked about this in the past but to worship him with my life that I, my life is not my own that I have said, Lord, I'm laying my life at the altar of God, which is a reasonable service. It's a reasonable sacrifice of worship. Romans 1, Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. My life verse is that, is that verse, is those two verses. And studying, like diligently studying the word of God, not just reading it while you're sitting on the toilet, not, not just you know, a, a verse here and there out of context, but really taking one letter at a time and reading it slowly, verse by verse, and asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word to you, to teach you the word, and surrounding yourself with, with teachers and elders who are able to rightly divide it and help you rightly divide it. We do need one another. This whole island onto yourself stuff is not... Biblical. God gave us teachers for a reason. God gave me teachers and elders for a reason. And now he has so graciously and humbly allowed me to become a teacher of women. And I take that very seriously. And I would have loved to have had somebody like me in my early walk because I could have avoided so many pitfalls. I could have avoided so many false teachings and false teachers. And I could have really grown a lot faster. And so that is why it's by passion to disciple other women and to help other women on their journey, on their faith journey. And so, so live with intention. I have prayer, intentional prayer, intentional worship, intentional study of God's word and in, intentional about being a part of a community of God, being a part of a local church gathering worship body that is so important to our faith. Not only is it obedience because Christ told us that we need to not neglect the gathering of the saints. And it's not just about bonfires and the fun stuff. It is truly about being submitted to a local body of believers where there are men elders overseeing our souls. And there are older women helping to guide and teach and, 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 and be there for you to help you learn. And that you read that in Titus chapter two, we are a family in a community. Everywhere you read the new Testament, you see family, you see community, you see accountability and you see submission. We submit to one another. We submit our gifts to one another. We submit um, our lives to each other. We are submitted to the authority that God has put into place, the the elders that he's put in place, the the people that he's put into our lives to help train us and equip us as saints. Now, absolutely, we take everything back to the word of God and we we, um, always be good Bereans in that, but we love each other and it teaches us how to be humble with one another. And when there's personality differences and things going on, we've talked about this in the past that we remain unified. That's what grows you up in the maturity of Christ, is when you have to be unified with a bunch of other people that you may have different social, economical, personality differences, job differences, hobby differences, but yet you come together as one body in Christ, submitted to Christ, the head of that body, and then recognizing the other gifts and roles within the body, and we submit to one another in those. And love that covers a multitude of sin. We just went through the whole love walk. That love walk, is what grows us up when we have to, you know, look at one another in love and in, in, in fight for unity, fighting for unity, especially today is so hard. It really makes us, it forces us to lay down our pride and our egos. And so the final thing I wrote underneath living intention, intentionally for contentment is service that we are sacrificially giving of our time, our talent. That's the gift God gave you and our treasures the money that God gives you for the furtherance of the gospel to edify the saints, to help each other continue to further the gospel of Jesus Christ, to help our brothers and sisters when they're in need, to make sure there's not a need among the body. And that we're we're willing to clean the toilets if that's what's needed. We're willing to work in the nursery if that's what's needed, to help in children's ministry if that's what's needed. We're willing to set up and tear down for events. We're willing to go out and evangelize together and tell people the glorious good news of what God has done for us. We're willing to you know, show up early and stay after. We're willing to invite people in and and share meals with them and, and cook for them. And we're willing to labor through the scriptures with them and pray with them and sing songs over them when they're in need. We're willing to Help other people in their Christian walk and this takes of your time, talent, and your treasure. We are called to serve. Christ did not come to be served. He, he came to serve. And he said, anyone who wants to be a leader in my, in my church, my body will be a servant to all. And so we are to be washing feet and serving and giving back of our time, talent, treasure for the Lord. So these three things, when you really start to learn God's word, when you start to really be thankful and grateful for your salvation, no matter what you find yourself in, if everything has been stripped, if your lights are off, if food's not in your belly that day, are you still grateful that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? That is what Paul is saying here. He was content because his needs were met. He said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, as long as we have, you know, what clothes on our back and food in our belly, we're good. You know, that's all you need. Just a shirt on your back and some food in your belly and you feel content. Like we don't understand that concept here in America, right? We want more and more and more. And we're going to, I'm going to do another, talk on that because i don't like to keep these teachings too long for you guys so we're just for this one we're just we just talked about the three things that if you implement starting today you will find that you that contentment starts to come more naturally the more you learn who God is the more that you seek after him in his word the more grateful and thankful you are for the most important aspect of your life, which is your eternal salvation and what Christ has done for you. And then you live that out intentionally through prayer, worship, studying of his word, through uh, living communally um, with your local church body and then serving them and then serving the lost, you will find a contentment that you never realized you would ever have. And even here in Babylon, when there's so much for us to want and always wanting more. And we'll talk about that next time. And so I want to pray with you, Lord. I ask that you put a, just a a new refreshing, uh, in us that you would fill us once again with the Holy spirit, father, we filled we are truly saved and born again. We have the Holy spirit, but just that infilling where we're just filled up again with a new zest and a new desire for learning your word for really wanting to take intentional time every day and learn and hear what you have to say to us through your word. That is how you speak to us. Your word is alive and active. You breathed it out through men over a 1500 period time period and you've preserved it for us, God. And so I ask that you give us a new desires, just give us new affections for your word to help us to take time away from our busyness and all that's going on and make you number one in our life before work, before our kids, before our hobbies, before all the things that come into our life, that you would be preeminent, that you would be first place in our life and that we would take in prayer and make our prayers and supplications known to you. As we talked about in Philippians, you know, four and six, father, God, that you would be, uh, or all in all that we're communicating with you, father, the Lord, that, um, we would take time to worship you for who you are. You know, that we would just recognize your goodness, recognize all that you've done for us, father. And that you would plug us in. If, if somebody who is listening to this father does not have a home church community, Or maybe they're in a church community, but it's not biblical based. It's not Bible-based. It's emotional based. It's entertainment-based. It's not truly Bible-based, Father, that you would help them find a true body of believers that are united in you. They love you and then they love one another, but they love your word and that they are submitted to the final authority of your word, Father. And that they want to serve each other and be a church and go and be the church. And I pray that you put a servant's heart in us, God, that we would be willing to do and help in any way we can, the body of Christ, and then also our community to get the gospel message out. I pray, Father, that you develop in us this contentment like what Paul had. Help us to learn it, Holy Spirit. Teach us and guide us to learn how to be content no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.